Philippians chapter 4, if you turn there with me. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 10 through 13. Philippians chapter 4, 10 through 13. Give you a second here to find that. The title of the message here this evening is The Secret to Satisfaction. The Secret to Satisfaction. Philippians chapter 4, 10 through 13. It says this, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The story told of a pilot who uh, always uh, flew across a certain area on his route, and um, when he, when he flew across the, this area, he'd always look down intently. It was an Appalachian mountain area. When he passed overhead, uh, he would always look at this specific spot where there was a, uh, a river or uh, kind of a little stream going through there. And uh, he always looked at that like um, kind of in a dreamy type of way. One day, his co-pilot asked, what's so interesting about that spot? The pilot replied, see that stream? Well, when I was a kid, I used to sit down there and sit on a log down there, and I used to go fishing all the time. And every time an airplane would fly overhead, I'd look up and I'd think, boy, I wish I could fly in that airplane. And now, he says, when he uh, looks down at that stream as a pilot, he says, boy, I wish I was down there fishing. <laughs> and so the pilot just described how many people are today uh, discontent, Right. And uh, there are many Christians today, in fact, who are discontented with no true, no real satisfaction in their lives. And I think that's a big problem. I, I think that for a Christian to not have any satisfaction in their life or what they're doing for the Lord, that's a big problem. And, and really, if, if a Christian isn't experiencing what John tells us, the abundant Christian life, then really, what's the point in living it? What's the point in living for the Lord? God never designed us to live an unsatisfied life. The Bible is clear that we will face trials. It's clear that we will have difficult times. It's, it's clear that, you know, even while we're going through this, though, the Bible is clear, too, that we can live satisfied through the storm. And uh, so how in the world is it possible to live a satisfied life as a Christian these days with everything that's going on? In our text here, Paul tells us that secret. It's not really a secret because he shows us here in his word. But Paul shows us the secret here, how we can live that abundant, true, satisfied Christian life. Notice Paul's words in the text that we just read. You know, this is something that he has learned as well. Uh, I love how uh, Paul, uh, when he spoke, uh, wrote these letters to the churches and all that. Uh, he He learned a lot through experience as well. And uh, he says, look at verse 11, uh, it says there that, um, that I have gained, uh, that I've gained knowledge. And, uh, and, I mean, there you go. He says, I've gained knowledge. Uh, it says, I understand, or I'm sorry, I, I know as well. He says, I know, I, I have learned, and I am instructed in verse 12. We see those words there that show us that even Paul 
uh, has learned something through this, and now he's trying to teach us something as well. It's almost as if it was a light bulb moment. You ever had one of those before? He found the secret to satisfaction in the Christian life. And God wanted him to share that secret with us here tonight. So the question that we want to consider here tonight is, am I truly content and satisfied with the Christian life that I am living today? If you can honestly say, yes, yes, I am, then you truly have a a great treasure. You possess a great treasure. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The word contentment here speaks of a calm, it speaks of a peaceful state of mind, uh, and it brings great gain. In other words, it's an unspeakable profit, whether here on earth or whether here in eternity as well. And uh, so if, if you are truly satisfied, truly content with your life, that's what you possess and what a great treasure that is. And uh, I think we all would want to experience that for ourselves. Yet so many people think that uh, certain things bring satisfaction. You know, uh, we can go through a big list, whether that's a dr- uh, your dream home, or whether that's a dream job. Maybe, maybe you think that satisfaction will come in your life in the next government change. Or, or maybe you think that the perfect family brings satisfaction and will bring satisfaction into your life. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible doesn't tell us that those things can bring fulfilling and true satisfaction in our life. I'm afraid that if you think that today, if you think that those things bring satisfaction, you're going to be truly disappointed. You will find that it won't last long. You will find that something else will come along that will get you down, that will discourage you. And so what's the secret? What's the secret that Paul is sharing us here? And that secret is God. That secret is God. See, apart from God, you have an empty void that only he can fill. Apart from God, you have an empty void that is wanting to be filled, and only he can fill it. Those who have not received Christ as their Savior, they have a huge void to fill that only Christ can fill. No other person can do that. And we Christians sometimes think that when we go throughout our life and we're not experiencing joy, we're not experiencing peace or satisfaction, uh, that if I can just plug in this, maybe I'll find the key. If I can plug in that, maybe I'll find that missing puzzle piece. But really, the only thing that, that can bring true and lasting satisfaction is God. Those things will pass away. If we leave God out of the picture, and that has created in us, really, an ungrateful, a discontent life. So as we look at this passage tonight, notice, I have three things for you. Notice that there's God in each thing. God is the secret ingredient, so to speak, to satisfaction in one's life. And if you're looking for, other, for satisfaction in other places, and you find that, you know, that's, that's not it. No, this isn't it. No, this isn't it. Uh, think about God tonight. Think about maybe that's the thing that's missing for you today. Number one, rejoice in what you have. Rejoice in what you have. And we see here, it's a very familiar passage. It talks about contentment. That word contentment does actually mean satisfaction. 
and uh, and uh, you know we all have things that make us happy, that make us that make us joyful, that that means something to us. Uh, and uh, but also we're always we're, we're people that always want more. We always want something else, and we're never satisfied. We're never content with what we have. But I want you to rejoice in what you have. In Philippians uh, chapter 4, same chapter there, in verse 4, we see a very familiar verse to us. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The word always, or always, means always. That means that you rejoice in lack. That means you rejoice in plenty. Paul also instructs us, if you look at verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So Paul even instructs us you know, to, to take those cares, take those worries to him, but also to be thankful, be thankful in all things. And uh, uh, we don't want those cares, we don't want those worries, but, but God instructs us to be thankful and rejoice in all things. Paul instructed Timothy, I won't have you turn there, but in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 7 through 8, he instructed Timothy with these words, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. There's that word again, that word content means satisfaction. And so, so we have those things that we need, food and raiment, and, and Paul is instructing Timothy to be satisfied with those things, to rejoice in what you have. We do live in a society today that definitely makes it hard for someone to be content with the things that they have. A North American mindset is to get the latest and greatest, whatever it may be, and that's going to make you happy. That's going to make you a blessed individual. Well, you know what? You'll find that those things are just going to make you want more, want more. Some of these things that we think that we need may be legitimate needs. And, uh, but God instructs us, as we just read, to be careful for nothing. God knows that you have need of those things. And God is a remarkable God that knows everybody's needs and he knows what's, what you need to get through in life and what you really truly need to, through him, live a rejoicing, satisfied life. You know, Paul certainly had needs. Paul was just a human, just like you and I. He had material needs. He needed food. He needed shelter, clothing. And God knows that we need these things as well. Matthew 6, 31, 32 Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Our God knows what we need, and God meets those needs. God may meet those needs himself, and he may meet those needs through an individual, like Paul, like Paul was met. Paul's needs were met there in verse 10. We can see, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. God used those Christians from the church Philippi to meet his needs while he was in jail. In Paul's days, 
the prison didn't, uh, uh, when you were in prison, the state didn't care, care for your needs, you know, to your tax dollars, didn't pay for those that were in prison. It was a completely different system back in those days. And uh, if you wanted your needs met while you were in prison, that was completely your responsibility. And you imagine the difficulty, uh, how that would be. How do you communicate this? How do you uh, get somebody to bring you the things that you need? It was, very, it was very hard to get the things that he needed. But Paul trusted in God. Paul had no visible means of support. How in the world could he make arrangements for somebody to come and give him the things that he needed? But he opted to, rather than worry about these things, to bring those cares to the Lord and ask him to provide those needs, because he knew fully what he needed. And God sent these, these people, these Christians from the church, to meet his needs. Paul did not take these gifts for granted. He dedicated the entire book, uh, the theme of Philippians, to rejoicing. He was grateful for what these people did. He was grateful for what God did. He said, God is aware of your situation. So we can rely on him. And then whatever is provided to you, we're just simply asked to rejoice. Rejoice what he has given. In verse 12, I like the words here. We may not use that word abased too often. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. That, that word abased is the idea of, of a river that maybe is at the end of the summertime and it's pretty low. Uh, it's a, you know, if you take a canoe out there, you'll probably be dragging bottom. That, that river's pretty low. There ain't much flowing through there. Obviously, we know what the, the idea of, of abounding is. Just think of it, wow, you got a lot. And Paul, he learned how to be content in both areas of life. Sitting in a prison cell like he was when he wrote this book uh, probably was one of those abased times. Pretty low. Didn't have much. Didn't have, if anything, really, uh, maybe the things that he requested, but it didn't have many possessions, yet he learned to be content. And then there were times where I'm sure he abounded. And we all have that in life, don't we? We have the times where we are based, and we have times where we are abounding. We have our seasons in our lives where we're running low on money and food and whatever, the things that we need. We also have those seasons where God gives us plenty. And we have a God that understands and knows what we need, when we need it. He gives it to us at the right time, and so we can be satisfied, we can rejoice. The point is, is that God knows what we need, when we need it, and he knows our wants and desires as well, and he is a God who owns all things, so we can trust in him. Everything that you have is from the hand of God. What a blessing. Uh, that, that, that we oftentimes take for granted. Everything that we have is from the hand of God. And so we don't have any reason not to rejoice. There's that secret ingredient, God. You, you may uh, be all down and, and out because of, of the times that we're living in. And uh, it's the, the needs that you have are just great. And uh, it's just very difficult for you. But, but God knows. God understands. And God is that ingredient to have that will give you uh, satisfaction in your Christian life, no matter what season you are going through. 
Number two, rest in your situation. Rest in your situation. Rejoice in the things that you have. Number two, rest in your situation. Paul was a contented man, even though, as I said, he was writing the book from a prison cell. But what does it mean to be contented in your situation? This does not mean, a couple things here, this does not mean that you are satisfied with where you are at in your spiritual life. Does that mean that at all? This contentment is not talking about what the Bible may call spiritual complacency or actually lukewarmness. The Bible's not talking about that. We should not be content in those areas. We should not be content to be lukewarm in our Christian life, to think that we've got it all figured out when it comes to the Christian life, because that's not pleasing to God. We should always be students of God's Word, always striving to learn and grow closer to Him. So that's not what it's talking about. We're not talking about resting and having satisfaction, contentment in that area. You know, much of Paul's letters that he wrote encouraged the Christians, in fact, to be all that they could be for the Lord. And we should never be spiritually satisfied. We should never be, uh, we should never be satisfied with the sin that's in our life. We should never be satisfied with where we're at in our walk. We should always be striving to improve. Paul said, I press toward the mark. And continue in a forward motion is what we need to do. So it's not talking about that. Uh, it's talking about uh, something else. And it isn't talking about self-dependency either. Um, so self-dependency would have been something that would have been easy for Paul to do, uh, to take matters into his own hands. And we, we sometimes fall into that situation as well. When we're going through a difficult time, let's, let's figure this out ourselves. So it wasn't talking about contentment. I'm content. I'm going to take things into my own hands. It wasn't talking about that. Proverbs 14, 12, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. The Bible challenges us, encourages us to, whoa, back up. Don't take things into your own hands. But rather, here's the secret ingredient, trust in God. Trust in God. No matter what predicament you find yourself in, we need to be God-dependence. God-dependence. And not in ourselves. And not in a, a friend or whatever. Although God uses these people to encourage us, we should always give him the credit. Always give him the credit for, for what he allows and does in your life. And also give him the credit for the strength he gives you as you go through it. When we are God-dependent, we are completely surrendered to him completely. The Bible tells us that God is all things. In fact, if you turn uh, a little bit later here, Colossians, uh, actually Maybe just on the same page. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And it gives us an idea of what Paul was saying about God. God is all things. It's a thought to think about here. Colossians 1, verse 16, it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. 
Oh, to have a, a God that we can depend upon like that. Amazing. He's before all things, and by him all things consist. That's who our God is. And to have a God like that and, and, and to know him and have a relationship with him, Christian, that's all that we need. <laughs> that's all that we need when we go through the stormy seas. This allows us to accept whatever situation that God may bring. This allows us to adapt to any situation through his strength. This allows us to make the most of any given situation, not not for our glory, but for God's glory, because he gives us the strength to press forward in the midst of a storm. And as I had mentioned before, there's, there's much people or has been mentioned, there's much people, even in our congregation here today, that are going through so much, and many that just simply need some rest, many that simply need some strength. And God is that secret ingredient that Paul is trying to show us here. When you look at Paul's situation in the, in the cell, and you really look into it, and he knew he was, he knew he was facing death, and, and you just wonder, wow, how could anybody go through that? I know why, because there's a secret. That secret is God. God gives us the strength to press on in tough, difficult situations. Number three is realizing your strength. Realizing your strength. How can you have satisfaction in the Christian life these days, realizing the strength that you possess? Read verse 13, a very well-known verse as well. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Paul doesn't say, I can't. He doesn't say that. You know, we hear that type of talk quite a bit, don't we? Especially if you have kids. I can't do that. I can't do this. You know, And uh, maybe we do the same thing. Uh, some of us, maybe in our minds, we think, oh, I can never, I can never serve the Lord in that way. Or, I, 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 can't, I can't witness to that person. I, I can't be a good example. I can't do this Christian life thing. It's just too difficult. We, we hear those, those I can'ts, I think, more often than what we're afraid to admit. And uh, probably we use these I can'ts a lot as well. But notice that Paul doesn't say that. He says, I can. And he doesn't stop there. He says, I can through Christ, which strengthens me. I can through Christ. There's the secret ingredient. Christ infuses his strength into my life and gives me the power to have the victory over temptation, over the trial, over whatever trouble I'm going through. He gives me the grace to endure and the strength for every task. It's not my strength. It's God's strength. He is the power to face life's adversities. He is the power to face the temptations. He is the power to, to cope when we think we're about ready to give in, we're about ready to end it all. He gives the, us the power to enjoy what he has given us. He gives us the power in many different things, and that right there is true satisfaction is when you realize the strength and the power that can only come from him. What an amazing passage here, I think. And as you look through the life of Paul and you look through his, his emphasis towards um, uh, 
is geared towards Christians. Obviously, I know he went around and uh, started churches and no doubt witnessed and led people to the Lord and did those things. But he focused a lot on Christians. He focused a lot on, as, as the book of Philippians, geared towards the Christians at the church of Philippi. You think that back in those days there were a lot of unsatisfied people in their churches? Of course. You think today that's the case as well? Yeah. I think there are some there are some unsatisfied people amongst us even here tonight. And all I want to say is that even though I believe that unsatisfaction in the Christian life, as I mentioned before, can cause somebody to derail, can cause somebody to say, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. But Paul uses an example of himself and shows the church here how you can continue on, how you can continue on in that walk and have that victorious Christian life. And that's what we all should be striving for. Paul focused so much on these epistles. He was building them up. He was strengthening them, encouraging the Christians to keep pressing on, keep going for the Lord. He many times included in this passage tonight, he gives us an example of himself and how we can have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This characteristic of contentment is crucial to live. With that being said, we know exactly um, what Satan's trying to do, right? And uh, I think Satan likes to use difficult times, uh, trials in people's life, to only bring more discouragement, only bring more dissatisfaction, only bring more discontentment in somebody's life, but that is completely the opposite of what God wants us to, for us today. And the world looks and, and says, oh, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense how, how somebody could have contentment uh, going through such difficult times. But the world doesn't know our God, and our God can truly do a, mar- a marvelous thing in each and every one of our lives. He's the secret ingredient. And so with that being said, we need to be in his word. We need to constantly be growing closer to him, getting to know him, getting to know his characteristics that are found in his word, and constantly tapping into the strength that he gives. With God, all things are possible, and with him, we can truly be satisfied in him.